Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm here this week, Dave Gurney, I'm with... Carlos Cooper. And Joe Hilliard. And we're going to be doing kind of a fun episode this week. Uh, We had the opportunity to uh, dip into... The film festival circuit, uh, with, with a festival that takes place here in Corpus Christi on an annual basis, and uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. But I also want to like go ahead and preview the second half, which is our most anticipated films of 2020. Yeah, yeah. that's coming. Yeah, yeah. that's we'll be, coming we'll up after the, after we talk about our film festival sure. adventure. Yeah, but we did go to a local film festival. Uh, but obviously, before we do that. We're going to get something in our glass. and Moisten the glass. To, to the, <laughs> to Moisten that the glass, good sir. Yes. Um, so the way that we will dampen our glasses <laughs> will be uh, beer from Gun Hill Brewing I feel we'll Company. Be, uh, we'll be coating our glasses. Coating. Coating, yes. Uh, out of uh, New York. And this is their Fresh Out the Oven. It is a blueberry blackcurrant pastry stout. Ooh. And I think it was 8%. I just, I thought I just saw that. All right. Um, I'll look up the ABV here, but Joe, you want to go ahead and get that cracked? And Cracking. There we go. Cracked. 8.3, David. Thank you. All right. You saw it. All right. There we go. There we go. Um, so this is my first from Gun Hill. Yeah, and mine too. I'm excited too. for that. So... So uh, Joe just poured the beer, and I was watching him pour the beer, uh-huh. and it looked good. So I... Brought my face closer towards the microphone and took a whiff, thinking that I was going to be able to smell the beer that I was looking at. By smelling the microphone. That's how much I want to smell this beer. Well, hmm. that I have lost it up all to your nose, good sir. semblance of time and space. Let me remind the audience what these adjuncts are: blueberry blackcurrant pastry stout. Store mm. cold, drink fresh. It, the can tells us. All right. We just recently, you and I, David, were at a beer share, and we posted up on our Facebook page video of us there mm-hmm. talking about last uh, two weeks ago's episode. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and look for this, but there was a beer there from um, Weathered Souls that had current in it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there definitely was a current beer. I was, uh, I was, I was, setting, you up, I was setting you up to, to to hit that out of the park. You know, I, did, I didn't. I don't, I don't remember the name yeah, of that one. Ignore this. Look, <laughs> Joe, you really can't expect a lot of recollection after one of those bottle shares. <laughs> yeah, the bottle share was uh, off is, the hip. All right. It is. It's tough. So we went to the South Texas Underground Film Festival, which takes place in Corpus Christi once a year. Um, it showcases... All sorts of different, obviously, underground and fringe and kind of under-the-radar films and filmmakers from literally all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, It has taken many shapes and forms over the years, different venues and such, but it has now kind of found its home base at the Alamo Draft House uh, here, and I think that's a great venue for it. Mm -hmm. And we admittedly didn't plan super well as far as what we were going to do so we decided that in our kind of last minute desire to uh, talk about this that we instead of all going to the same screening and talking about the same film because these films are still in the festival circuit and are not going to be easy to find um at least 
currently that if we all went and watched different films and brought as much variety to the table as possible, that would be the course of action that we we would want to take. Mm-hmm. And that is what we did. We divided guys, and conquered. We did divide and conquer. You guys were at a screening together. Yeah, we we did end up okay. at one screening together. Yeah, you know? Josh. I'd like to talk about that. If yeah, I Josh had uh, had messaged me. David told me he was gonna be there, but I got there like right when it was starting, and I took my daughter with me for the day that I'll be describing. And uh, I thought I could see David, and then I heard the laugh, and I knew... <laughs> front row. He, he was on the front row. Even though you're Joe, yeah. David's the front row He's Joe. the front row David, and mm-hmm. uh, there was a particularly funny moment in one of the short films, and the, the, the laugh, <laughs> and Savannah looks at Savannah goes, there's Mr. Gurney. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, my that's 14-year-old not. daughter that babysits that is for a, Mr. Gurney. That is a, right. a, a, a trademark right. chuckle. So that's my context of this, is I had a 14-year-old with me. Yeah. So, do we want to go in the order chronologically per day that we went, or how do we want? Sure, to, or do we just yeah. want to go one by one? Yeah, um, we certainly can. Yeah, let's 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 go. Probably say kind of chronological here. This festival okay. does it like a lot of festivals do it, where they sell a two to four hour block of films that you can go see, mm-hmm. and uh, we each went to go see different blocks of films. Yeah. David, or you, you and or, I went to the Or same you one. can get a weekend badge and go yeah. to as right. many as you want right. to go to. Right. And this festival took place from uh, Thursday, January twenty third. All the way until Sunday the 26th. Right, uh, right. So it's a four-day festival, feature shorts, all of it. Yeah. Documentaries, Documentary. fiction. Yeah. Students. Big, big night experimental. Yeah. 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 Perfect kind of festival. is a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. So you went on Thursday, David? I did. So I went opening night. Uh, Which, was there only one block that day? There were two. So there, there was one earlier. I didn't make it to the 7 o'clock block, but I got there you for went to 10. Midnight? So I went, which they call their midnight because it overlaps. It goes 10 yeah. to 1. Thursday midnight stuff. Right. Um, oh, which, yeah, the rock and roll. Yeah. Right. It had a series of shorts uh, to, to kind of start off the evening, um, inclu- including a, uh, a short called Eat the Rainbow, which was uh, a musical. And okay. actually a really... Um, one that was high on the production values, I would really? say. Like, yeah, like in terms of set design, in terms of they had some really nice. Um, it, it seemed like they were in a little neighborhood, and but they had access to multiple different houses, and so it was, it was really um, bright, colorful, as as you would expect with Eat the Rainbow, and it was yeah. kind of a parable of sorts, or they they called it a fable, I think, in the description. Yeah, a musical um, fable about an odd yet kind man named right, blah 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 Bayani. Um, and, and, you know, the idea is there is this blue man named Bayani, like literally they've painted him blue and he moves into this neighborhood and the people are, you know, resistant to this outside, you know, so it's, it's a typical kind of, you know, definitely, uh, about racism or the way that we sort of, uh, you know, biases, prejudices that we have against people who are different than ourselves. Um, but there were a couple of, uh, characters that were, um, in drag, although they weren't acknowledged to be in drag, and okay. you know, so the, it was it was really interesting, and the music was actually pretty darn good. I mean, it, again, high production values, and I believe that yeah. came out of a film program that might have been from a USC student, if I okay. if I remember correctly. But it so it definitely had some you know decent equipment that they were shooting it some on. Some pedigree behind. Yeah, so it was, that that was a fun one. Um, there there was one. Uh, Called the congregation that, that I, I was really interested liked in. quite a bit actually. Yeah, 
Um, and I, I was very intrigued by the poster. Uh, it was made by a filmmaker who goes by the five-letter name CHRZU, and I would not even, I, I'm guessing, Krzu. Um, it's Finnish. Um, and it was just nutty. And, yeah. and, and it I looks mean, crazy. I mean, like, just real quick. The description for it in the program is God's fiercest follower, Carlotta Moore, is commanded to wage war on greedy, sinful capitalists. Already love it. Yeah. Nevertheless, Satan has other plans for her. Love it even more. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really was. It was just, I don't know. I mean, it was so over the top and strange. And the Carlotta Moore character was, you know, sort of like this religious zealot of sorts yeah. who was, you know... And just fiery and kind of like a televangelist almost feel to it. I don't know. It was it was very, um, but also darkly comic the the, the entire time. So th- th- that was really good. Um, the the film Red Light Red Light Green Light was also there, and that was I, I think a co directed film by these two um, people, uh, Megan Huang and Grace Cradell. Um, interesting, um, darker, m- more more serious in tone, I would say, where, you know, like you're kind of mysteriously, there are these women who are sequestered in this bunker and they're, uh, you know, it seems like maybe they can get out. But it, it, it felt more like a student film project than the other two did um, in, a, in a certain way. There was also a short that wasn't actually in the program, at least associated with this block that played. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna. Ooh, I should have had the name ready to go, but it was um, ooh, cucumber was the name. It was. It it showed. I think the next day. Actually, did you go to the student one the next day? Did you see a film called Cucumber Joe? I did. Okay, um, that was more experimental. Wasn't very straight narrative. Uh, a near dystopian America where the government controls diet and expands animal rights to an authoritarian conclusion. All meat is forbidden. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that doesn't do justice to what they put on the screen. No, it doesn't. No. It, it, but but obviously, but the way I took that is I felt like maybe they were trying to tell more of a story and they didn't get some of the footage they needed and they ended up editing it the way they did to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they could have really just had a radical experimental approach to the story that I they wanted. I believe the latter. You think the latter. I honestly See, I, th- I think they maybe intended to tell I, a more. I think it was fun friends having fun and trying mm-hmm. to tell a story that uh, was basically a, that, that all meat has been forbidden. And so they're eating the, the, the joke. I mean, the running joke throughout the film is that they're eating like a raw cucumber with a fork and a knife the way one might a steak. Right. And that, but that's happening so nonchalantly. It's just everyday life. Yeah. That, that I was, I was, I found that film to be very, very fun and enjoyable. Oh, and good. Quirky and weird. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, it, but it, uh, to me, it it lacked. It felt like it, it was it taking lacked. itself more seriously than like. Oh I, yeah, no. I would have liked it if it was a little funnier yeah. that way. It it felt like it wanted me to feel the the intensity of the right. situation in a way that I wasn't quite. But that's so. The shorts were interesting. Um, you know, I think for me, probably Eat the Rainbow was the standout, and then maybe next the Congregation. Those two were really good. The feature in that block forever the untold story of rock and roll high school forever was interesting. It won me over uh, by the end of it. Initially, I was really concerned. It was probably the least technically proficient film that I saw the entire festival. Um, This is a, it's a documentary about this film, which if anybody's seen, there was a 
film called Rock and Roll High School that came out in, I believe it was 1980 or it might have been 79. Yeah, it was right around there. The Ramones were in it. It was, it's sort rock, of a... Rock, 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 rock and Roll High School. Right. And, you know, that's sort of a notorious kind of B-film. And then there was this attempt in the early 90s to make a sequel to it um, that did not include the Ramones but instead had Corey Feldman as its lead mm. and was going to, <laughs> was, but was still made by Roger Corman and American International Pictures, his studio. And um, the filmmaker, Aiden Gonzalez, was clearly um, a big fan of it and enjoyed it a lot and wanted to kind of understand better what went into the making of it. And so he interviewed essentially all the cast and some of the behind-the-scenes production crew to get their perspective on it. But most of the interviews were done via, it seemed, Skype, and they were recorded at sort of that video quality and audio quality. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it did suffer. It was a little rough going at first. Once I got into it, I was kind of charmed by it in the sense that you know, most of these people have not gone on to have, as you, you would probably anticipate, not gone on to have huge careers. Um, and it was an interesting enough moment in time in terms of what went, what was transpiring. It was as Corey Feldman was having his fall from grace, so to speak, where he had had some film hits, you know, Lost He Boys, was in his Michael Dream, Jackson dancing phase? He was. Oh, he was boy. kind of just going into that. And, oh, uh, but then he, and he, and it came out that he was doing heroin and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And so, the film they thought was going to get more of a theatrical release, but then all that stuff after production had wrapped came out and he was, you know, kind of fell from grace and no longer had the buoyancy. So yeah. it was it was an interesting sort of snapshot in a certain way of a moment in time. And uh, and and by the end of it, it had kind of won me over, and I and I could understand why they programmed it as kind of a midnight screening. There, it was it was. Uh, it was more touching than I thought it was going to be by the end of it. So, interesting. anyway, so it was an interesting first night for me, um, t- seeing that slate of films, and, and certainly some that uh, I thought were really pretty good. The Congregation, Need the Rainbow, especially. Yeah, Carlos, I know you went Friday night. I went Friday. Yeah, I went to the midnight stuff Friday. I uh, couldn't make the seven p.m. Uh, block, but look, I mean, this. This particular block was counter-programmed with the, um, I guess, grand opening night after party at Quasars. Oh. Um, which I found odd. Okay. Um, so there was like a stuff event happening at Quasars Arcade at the okay. same time that there was a block of programming happening at, at the, the actual Draft festival. Yeah. And... I am left thinking that that was the these films were programmed on purpose in light of that. Uh-huh. Um, oh, like it was n- the, the must miss films of the festival. Not all of them, but the feature is not a strong feature. Okay, um, I'll I'll be quite honest in that I fell asleep during it. Oh. Um, I, well, no, because look, it's it's not a good movie. Like mm-hmm. it's not very technically proficient at all, mm-hmm. and it is relying on a lot of gimmicks like sex and drugs and violence and those are gimmicks it but but it's like um it would be a really really solid short film okay like it could be a really great short film but just doesn't what stretch should be a 10 minute movie is stretched to about an 80 minute movie okay 
and there's so there's just there's a lot wrong with I mean there's a lot wrong with it I mean yeah. and it's not that it's a bad idea or anything like that it's just there needed to be somebody to be like hey you don't need these many this many flashbacks for scenes that we're gonna see in later in the film okay. like you see the same scene multiple times huh. um, whether it's via flashback or via the actual scene and which is an editing device I'll oftentimes to lengthen the film I mean that's what it felt yeah. like to me when I was watching it because I was uh, once the flashback started I was like wait why am I seeing this this right. early in the film and why am I seeing so much of it when I know I'm gonna see it later just based on the premise of the film alone mm-hmm. and so I mean, maybe it did redeem itself at the end, um, oh. but I don't know because I felt. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'm, look right, I'm, right. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I like no, I appreciate know, n- it, nothing the against the like filmmaker. Like I said, I'm not sure, and it did, it does suffer from like having me having worked, you know, an entire day and then trying to see a late night yeah. block when I'm not a naturally a night owl. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on what I saw, that's probably unlikely. Um, how about the shorts that opened it up? Well, so that's what. So I started with that one because that was the bleakest of okay. outlook on all of them, and I don't want to end there. Sure. Because there were some really fucking good short films, Ooh. like the short films played beforehand, mm-hmm. which I wish it had been the other way around, and I was expecting it to be the other way around. So when the first short film started, I thought it was still a part of the trailer block that had come before it, and it took oh, me yeah. a second to be like, "Oh no, fucking a movie's happening." This is a film. Yeah. Um, so. The third short film that played right before uh, Exit by Michael Fausti was the feature. I don't yeah. know if I said that or not. No. I don't think that I did. Um, but the fir- the third short film that played right before that was called Innocent Boy by Brock Cravey, which is a U.S. Uh, short film. The program describes it as, on an unforgiving highway, a group of hustlers led by a loathsome madame who is a man in drag, full- fully bearded. Uh, prey on the lonely desperados who have come for sex, drugs, and mama's special milk. Special milk. Um, now, the, this was a well-done short film. It, it, the production value was very good. Uh-huh. It had some very interesting um, visual elements to it. But in my opinion, it was one that didn't have necessarily a really strong narrative to it. And it was a lot of like exploitation that okay. was happening, um, which for midnight movies, yeah, sure, you know, uh, it was, you know, kind of horrific in a certain way. I mean, there's a lot of like bad shit that's happening in it. Mm-hmm. A bunch of like crack addicted, drugged out people that are working in this brothel. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the madame who I mentioned, fully bearded, very large man in drag, um, quite terrifying i have to say i mean like really not a pleasant figure to look at nor someone that you really would want to be around so i think that the film is very effective in that way um i think that it was attempting to make me as uncomfortable as possible and it did and it did it all right it did succeed in that um so the second one that played right in the middle was uh called Sue's. and this one is by Coralie rochat from switzerland after their passionate night, Suze will find out she is allergic to her new friend. This one I found really interesting because what she's allergic to is the fact that... So she meets this guy at a bar mm-hmm. after 
she literally beats the shit out of everybody in that bar for almost no reason. It, and that's my main critique of the film is that that uh, opening fight scene feels like it's from a different movie. Really? It feels like the opening fight scene is like a Luke Besson film. <laughs> and then the rest of it is like a Spike Jones, Sofia Coppola movie huh. or something like that. Um, or maybe some something tied to like some of the magical realism that we talked about in our last episode with Atlantics. But it's basically like she like whoops the shit out of like a bar of like a dozen and a half like fully grown men. Mm -hmm. And she's like a not a tiny woman, but like not a very not a Ronda Rousey either, you know, Um, meets this guy, uh, takes him home. And uh, at a certain point, real like she asks him, like, oh, did you have a drink? Like she's like kind of freaking out like she feels like something's going wrong and he was like yeah and he basically says like i'm a drunk i'm always drunk i don't remember the last time i wasn't drunk and she starts having this allergic reaction to just like touching somebody that has had a drink of alcohol and Mm -hmm. there's an there's an opening scene that doesn't make a ton of sense until the very end but it's like her mother drinking while she's pregnant and like so it's this girl that has this very strong aversion to it but like then the movie ends with them like in hospital beds together because she has had this terrible allergic reaction to alcohol. Her mom recognizes something is wrong from downstairs, comes upstairs. Her, this one night stand guy or boyfriend or however you want to describe him is coming up the window, sneaking back into the house with like Benadryl. Mm-hmm. Her mom doesn't know there's a third party at play, shoots him with a shotgun. He falls out the window, mm. but he's like so drunk that it doesn't really bother him. And so he like goes to the <laughs> hospital with like a bullet wound in his shoulder and they're in the hospital beds together and they end up like holding feet because they can't like move the rest of their bodies, just their feet. So they're just like trying to like be close to one another. Wow. And it's this really interesting kind of idea of like these cyclical, toxic kind of destructive relationships maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel there's probably a lot of different ways that you can interpret it, but um, that seems to be like the closest, most on the nose for me. It is really well done. The acting is great. Yeah. Um, I like a lot about it. But like I said, that first part doesn't seem to fit with the rest of it. And Uh it's almost never talked about what a fucking bad bitch she is that she could like literally drop an entire bar full of men. It it just doesn't make any sense. But the real standout shining moment of this block that I really, really liked Uh was a short film called Atomic Ed. Okay. This is a French short film by a guy named Nicolas Hugon. And it is... It's kind of like a classic underdog tale. You have a guy, our protagonist, Ed, and his friend, Uh um, who clearly have a history of being antagonized by this older group of guys, Uh and Ed has some kind of relationship with the, like, ringleader's girlfriend in some way, Um, and then, of course, as it goes on, you find out he clearly has, like, you know, a crush on her or whatever. Mm Yeah. but the like inciting conflict is that one of their crew is found brutally murdered, mm-hmm. mutilated, comes back as imagine if a zombie looked like that guy from Pan's Labyrinth with the eyes in his hands. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like that. The, he the looks Mitch like McConnell that. The Mitch McConnell character? <laughs> yeah, the Mitch McConnell character. So he looks like a zombified Mitch McConnell. Uh, or just like Mitch McConnell. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
And, you know, granted, this might not be the most original film of the, the like, century or whatever. It's got very much that kind of 80s fetishism to it. Like, mm-hmm. the title comes up real big in this kind of, like, 80s-looking font. Um and it's got this really great like synth heavy score to it but all the performances are really good like the characters in the short time period that we get with them are really well developed Mm -hmm. and like rounded out uh there's just there's like an epic fight scene at the end with the zombie and the ed character who's fighting to save the life of not just the girl that he's crushing on but her current boyfriend at that time Mm -hmm. and his best friend and like it's just like it's so fun it's so good like the story makes total sense from beginning to end like you know as i said before the characters are really well rounded and fully developed and you really are like it's a short film and this is hard to do i and i know because i've tried (laughs) in a short period of time to really get you to emotionally lock in with a character in 15 minutes yeah you know it's true yeah it's a very short period of time uh, to get the audience to lot, but you're just like in it right there, right away with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you know, we've all, you know, everyone's been there at some point where there's some kind of unrequited love situation. You know, it's a very mm-hmm. universal kind of uh, feeling to appeal to. Mm-hmm. And the only downside to any of this is that atomic. It was the first film that I saw. Right. And it was so good. Set the bar high. And then after that, it was diminishing returns. Like, it was, like, literally, the first film I saw was my favorite. The second film I saw was my second favorite. The third film, you know, and it just kind yeah. of went on from there. Yep. Um, but, man. And then you got a nice nap. That Atomic Ed film was good. Yeah. It was nice. really good. Well, I mean, as we move into the next day. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will tell you this. Uh, I went home after my adventure mm-hmm. to find some of these films on YouTube because sometimes in the festival circuit, they aren't available yet. They will be when the filmmaker moves on to their next project and puts this project up on YouTube. I believe that we should share some of these films, referring back to this episode, referring back to what we did. Absolutely. Because when I Googled some of my favorites from the next block, which I'll get into now, David, this is the one where I caught you laughing at the beginning of it. Uh, There were seven films there that ranged from four minutes to 22 minutes. And since you don't have a chance to see them... Was this uh, student stuff? No, this is the uh, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., this uh, uh, animation and experimental stuff. Ah, okay, okay. Which is the one that I don't want to miss every single year, to be honest with you. I had so much fun in this flight. I was taking notes. Mm-hmm. We're at Alamo Draft House, where you have a little bit of a, a light to read the menu. I was taking notes. Mm-hmm. And I was going to star the films that I liked and put an X to the ones that I didn't for the sake of our conversation today. Of the seven, there was one X. I, liked, I starred the other six. I enjoyed... All of these short films. Um, my highlight, though, I want to say is period for me is Kim. Mm. That's the claymation siren, yeah, who with an attitude, who uh, has a uh, crusty relationship with a local fisher person as they watch their waters get polluted, yeah, and as they watch the uh, fishing, the small fishing um, industry be overtaken by bigger conglomerates, mm-hmm. and how that doesn't do good for either one of them. The siren who sings and then eats you. Yeah. <laughs> sings and then, you come, and then the, the fisherman who lost uh, two of his five th- five fingers on one hand, including his wedding ring. Right. It's all in this really, really crude claymation that is just so charming. 
Yeah. It well, but crude and yet shot really nicely. I mean, like the, the, you see facial expressions, you yeah, see mood, yeah, yeah. you see tone and face. I mean, yeah. it's it's beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah. Uh, what was one of your highlights from the? So I, I liked I liked Kim as well. I thought that was really good. I think for me the the standout. I was actually kind of surprised how much I liked it. The uh, virtual memory, which started out the program, it was a found footage film. I mean, it was really it was kind of using a lot of footage from industrial films uh-huh. and educational films, um, with a little bit of voiceover used yeah. throughout. But it was I thought. Initially, I was like, I don't know what to make of this, but I really liked this narrative that it ended up having of our progress through technology and how especially um, media has sort of impacted our way of understanding the world. I mean, this is something that I think about all the time, sure. and something that I spend a lot of time you know, teaching and talking to students about. And I thought it really in whatever it was, 20-ish minutes, you know, really succinctly sort of brought out a lot of the things that I feel like are important for us to recognize about the the changes that have taken place, especially over the course of the 20th century coming into now, that you know, the 21st century. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was really, because I've seen a lot of found footage films over the years, believe me. I've seen lots of, you know, it's, it's a typical student exercise to yeah. kind of put things together like that. And I thought uh, this filmmaker, Julie Goldstein, did a really nice job of it. Uh, my other standout was, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, but it was the last, no, it wasn't. It was the second to last of the uh, Onikuma. Block. Thank you. From yeah. Italy. Um, a 12 minute piece that combined, what would you call that? Claymation? What would you call that? Uh, that that was, it was stop motion. Stop but it, motion. But it wasn't clay. Okay. It was like, it was using like hair and At the end of the and... day, a stable catches on fire and they use cotton to, sing, to use right. for the smoke and then different color cotton for the fire. And Okay. So, but that was interspersed with David, like award winning cinematography level shots. It was really nice to shot. Park Rangers? Well, yeah, one of them, they were definitely suited like rangers, although one of them seemed to be more involved than, yeah. the, I don't know, it, it was a it was a cryptic kind of film, I'm sure. Who are pursuing an animal mm-hmm. that is killing horses, right. and then eventually kills a man. And right. I don't need to say much more than that. When we find these films online, we will post them for yeah. you to see. But I just want to point out that my daughter, 14, in uh-huh. attendance, her favorite film, a particular week in the Dream Journal, May 1973. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. she loved that movie. Huh. That one caught and my attention. There was nothing the to it. It was um, on-screen title cards of very short journal entries over a four to five, six period, the day period. Yeah. Of someone who believes they've seen an unidentified flying object. Right. And then then has some contact with a right right a beast over the course of the yeah. those six days in the journal, but then interspersed with like experimental kaleidoscopic visuals yeah with like 911 tape underneath right talking about the lights darting in the yeah. sky and where yeah. did you see this and all oh, the military's got it covered right very very interesting it was yeah. a very good block yeah it was it, it was and and certainly a great way to start that day for sure we we said goodbye and then i moved into the lunch block and right. this this called the um Lunchtime feature stuff, but it could have easily been called the LGBTQ portion of stuff Mm -hmm. in the sense that there were two, uh, one short, one feature documentary. Uh, The short was narrative, Lolo, which was one of the highlights of the day for me. 
This is from Germany, but it was an, it's an English-speaking film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, synopsis is not accurate at all. Uh, for what? For Lolo. Lolo. Okay. Bottom left, yeah. Lolo is an openly gay 11-year-old boy trying to finally convince Max the, for his first love to go public with their relationship at the school party. It should say, Lolo is an openly gay 11-year-old boy with two awesome 11-year-old friends, and they go to a school party after Lolo breaks up with his boyfriend. I mean, it's, but, but three natural young actors having fun on screen Mm -hmm. and it was so much fun. That's the one I would take y'all to. Then Homo Says What is a documentary about homophobia didn't just happen. It took decades of instruction and collaboration to Mm -hmm. shape public opinion in support of the idea that it's an acceptable practice in our society. So the film opens up very, very, um, I'm looking forward to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got. They have found a '50s era, um, the man in the park that's by himself. Yeah, that's watching the boys play basketball. Right. Could be a pervert. Mm-hmm. He's a homosexual, mm-hmm. and they'll do anything they can to be horrible. You know, mm-hmm. and those were real movies, sure, uh, safety films mm-hmm. from the '50s. You might show them in a church. You might show them wherever, and that gets into the notion of systemic homophobia in our society. Mm-hmm. The problem with the movie, and I'll be real brief, is that it is directed by two guys that have a television show, uh, some other television show on some other channel, and it devolves many times into a commercial for that television show, which must be a, a which is clearly a gay themed show like the L word or, you oh. know, um and and those are the weakest parts the huh. weakest weakest parts the cast of so the show interspersed in this documentary no it's like the, the cast of the show gets the ability to be documentary subjects because they're clearly gay and trying to change th- our thoughts about it with this program that i've never heard of before okay and it becomes a commercial for the show oh, okay it deviates away from i think where it was going now that's 15, 10, 15 minutes of it. The mm-hmm. rest of it, very interesting in a historical. He's gotten some great historical footage. I find that he relies, sometimes we rely on that notion of the data that we receive as a documentarian mm-hmm. kind of shaping the film. And sometimes he goes into spaces where he's clearly got some visual data to present on it rather than it being the most compelling story po- yeah. points. But it, it, you know, it makes some really, really good points about the idea that this notion of it's okay. Mm-hmm. To denigrate, downgrade, think of less than people, gay people, is right. a somewhat systemic notion in, in our society. Yeah. Uh, through those safety films that I mentioned into, you know, mm-hmm. stereotype that tends to be true. Yeah. So yeah. that was an interesting part. And then my daughter at this point is begging me to stay. <laughs> Can we please stay all day long? I said, honey, in August we will. We're going to get uh, festival pads. Pad badges i'll bring you yeah, back yeah. all weekend but we stayed for the first half of the student uh-huh um now the rabbits was clearly one of the stars of the show it had some great promo material i met the uh, australian filmmaker in the lobby before it started and that was my daughter's favorite film of the day oh nice uh it is um uh, you would have liked it carlos a coming of age story of a young man in australia whose father did you see it no no you're just giving me a shocker i love coming of age stories yeah you do <laughs> you and i both um, uh, a a tragic story of a father that can't love his son for who his son is. Mm. Uh, very very well shot. Very very beautiful. Um, 
but I think that my favorite of that uh, the ha- the some the block that we saw the parts that was mm-hmm. that cucumber, David. Yeah, I, I just found it delightfully absurd. I I found it absurd. I just wish it was a little funnier. I don't. I like there was it 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 felt too serious initially, and maybe I I was reading too much into it, and mm-hmm. and I didn't let myself find yeah. the humor in it. But and yeah. again, as all of these films become available, we're going to make them available sure, to you on our social sure. media. But that's where I had to say goodbye to stuff, and all I look right. forward to August, where I intend on spending all weekend there. Very nice. Um, I got to say, uh, shouts out to Kieran Tillman, friend of the shop. Yes, yeah. Good kid. I wish I had gotten to see his because that was part of the student block there. That which I did which not what make. was the name of the his dealer? Film? The dealer. Maybe you had left by the time that that was showing. Yeah, it looks like it was later in the programming. Yeah. I. I'm aware of the film. No, I did see that. Yeah, um, it was shot. It was shot in the parking lot of uh, of Get Air. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, true. I did. I did. We did see that one before okay. we before we had to go. Um, Good stuff. I haven't seen it, but I have friends that worked on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware nice. of. Uh, its existence but yeah i haven't haven't had a chance to see it yet yeah yeah but it's always good fun kid. yeah it's good to see local fair in the local festival and I, uh i i was we pre- enjoyed it i was presented an opportunity to show at this festival many years ago which i did do i had a I had a film of mine screen here nice one which i am uh, thoroughly ashamed of now no, wow. did, it did, was a did anybody go back you went back saturday night didn't you david not saturday night but later in the afternoon there you go. i went to uh, another selection of shorts um the documentary that, no this was uh, short stuff one okay. it, it was a kind of uh, mid to late afternoon it was really some of the best stuff i saw the entire festival i imagine, I imagine. um you know from the the opening film uh blue sunday which was really maybe my favorite in in a certain sense though though i think there are a couple other contenders in there very darkly comic sort of look at um sexuality budding sexuality uh in this girl who's part of a church youth group (laughs) and these kind of conflicting messages she's seeing and Uh then also that she's reading into the things around her i really like to see that it it actually it it made me think of uh todd salons in some weird ways there's some like really uh quote-unquote inappropriate kind of stuff i mean it ends with the the uh main character uh, sort of uh, announcing to her youth group that uh, she, gosh, I'm going to mangle the final line, but it's basically, I love my cunt, is, <laughs> is, is how it, and like just like making that pronouncement to the group, and I'm like, well, there you go. That's yeah. exactly where, where that film needed to end. I've spent um, some time in youth groups. That, that might not have gone over well with the No, uh, I don't think it would have. Instructors. Um, so, so that was really good. Um, the drone was amazingly shot. I mean, this guy, and, and the filmmakers, a lot of these filmmakers were in, te- in attendance. So I don't know how, how it worked for y'all. I, I didn't hear you talk about it, but there was a nice Q&A at the end with a lot of these filmmakers. Yes, that was not the case. In and in this case, the drone was by a uh, Wojciech Lawrence, um, who I believe he's, uh, you know, he's he's Eastern European, but I think he's, you know, gone to school over here and, and has spent some time in the States, and this was shot here in the States. And it was sort of this film that imagined a day in the life of this 
character that's a drone, you know, like just a, a small drone. And nobody really acknowledges that it's a drone. It's treated like a person and it goes yeah. to it's going to college and it's, you know, doing this stuff and it's finding its way. It's it's really pretty clever and it was really shot well. Um, so that that was great. Um, I really enjoyed uh, uh, the film Machismo, which was uh, a filmmaker who I actually happen to know, Gabriel Duran, who is uh, now a professor at the university here in town and uh, is teaching filmmaking to, to our students here. Cool. And he, he uh, is, is a really, I think, talented filmmaker, really interested in telling stories about um, regular people. But in this case... He's become fascinated with Westerns, and there's kind of this Western sort of standoff element to this story of this guy coming back. It's n- never really fully explored, but, you know, it's it's sort of hinted at that he's coming back from prison. He's kind of trying to reclaim his turf on the streets. He's got this young son who's kind of involved in it, and uh, and he has this kind of showdown at a barber shop with this guy, and it's peppered with this narrative that's this voiceover narration that's going about like how you are a man and what you need to do to be a man and constantly kind of satirically undercutting that by showing these things happening and being like oh no this is terrible like this is not how to be a man but it's but it is the stuff to be machismo right to have the stereotypical stuff right so it it was i think really smart and darkly satirical um really well done I uh, I love the uh, the film Sweetie. That was nice. It was kind of this, you know, ca- kind of a riff on To Catch a Predator, but from oh, the standpoint yeah, yeah. of a the the actress who's having to portray the young woman okay. who's okay. you know doing that. Interesting. Um, really interesting. Um, Little Sicily was probably the weakest of the bunch, but still really interesting. Where it was trying to do this period piece about this you know like Italian American community. Yeah. Uh, in Delaware, and this girl who gets pregnant, and you know the the huh. the, the kind of uh, reaction from her family and from the community. Yeah. The weirdest <laughs> was the capstone there, uh, the Quiet Shore, which was partially shot here in Corpus Christi. Had some great footage of downtown at night. Um, cool. You know, like just like traffic, yeah. and and from some of the, I, I think some of it was shot from some of the buildings up on, uh, you know, the uh, Upper Broadway, and yeah, yeah. It, you know, looking down at downtown. Down. It, it so that that was cool, and it was interesting. It was about a couple with the the woman has clearly been diagnosed with, um, I think it was ALS. And yeah, she's she's deteriorating, and she's she's going to be going soon. Um, they're they've come to the city, which yeah. I guess is Corpus or whatever, you know, by the shore to to go to the hospital for her to have this, you know, sort of checkup and and monitoring her progress. Um, but and and that's all kind of conventional. And the husband's having problems. He goes out and does some coke, and that you know that's kind of <laughs> happening. But then, as you do, then there's like this Medicine. really tortured scene where. I mean, I was try- I was explaining this to Aaron after I got home. I'm like, so the setup, like, they go back to their hotel, and the woman is basically saying, okay, we're going to do this thing that we've talked about. We're going to do it, and I'm going to be... And the thing is, she forces him to... She hires a prostitute to come to the hotel and she have sex him? with her husband while she lays on the bed right next to them, sort of writhing around totally uncomfortably like she doesn't like what's happening 
he doesn't like what's happening <laughs> and yet it's happening hmm. i just i didn't understand it was so strange Interesting. I, I, i've never seen anything like it it was it was so unique and that that is the bottom line here right yeah is you are going to see things unlike what you will see anywhere else when you come to a film festival because like yeah. joe said you, some of these films we will be able to post links to eventually and they, they'll show up on vimeo or maybe youtube or whatever um or maybe even some other streaming service but a lot of these are just going to be tucked away they're going to be put away and this filmmaker okay this was an experiment it yeah. showed at a few film festivals never to be seen again and it's beautiful. It's wonderful to be able to see what what filmmakers are doing at this stage and I, when yeah, they're still just kind of building their storytelling. And dare 100%. I say that uh, this is the kind of film festival that um, a name that we all know ten, fifteen years from now may have shown a film at. Sure. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen that occur. So uh, if you have a film festival in your town or nearby, or a, you know, a reasonable drive away yeah. from your place. Go. They need your support. And, For sure. Uh, we will be supporting stuff. Right. Thank you uh, to all those. Uh, Robert, who who uh, who kind of leads yeah. the festival here. Robert Perez. Perez uh, for, for having us. And, Him I, and his wife, Mariella. Uh-huh. Right. Um, we, we will be back, as Joe said. And, of course, also saying out loud that um, because of a hurricane that happened here in our town a couple of years ago, they moved their original date in August to January. Mm-hmm. But this August, just seven months later, we'll be getting another entry in the annual event, and it'll stay in August uh, from that there out. Cool. So if you're within driving distance or, you know, whatever, this is a festival I believe you should come check out. Yeah. Come spend a weekend in our city, let us know you're coming, and we'll go to a, grab a beer with you. Right. But in the meantime, the films that we're talking about, you, you just can't go to YouTube and take a look at. But the silver lining could be that there's a film festival in your town right right and, and if there is go what did uh we think about the beer though um i was a little underwhelmed by it to be honest i i'm right there with thought you, it was a little weird like there was almost like a sour note to it i think I'm that was call that probably muddy. it was muddy i think it was from the fruit maybe yeah but it i would not call that a pastry stout it was not sweet enough to be a pastry stout it had I don't know. I mean, it just, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't a very good beer. If I had to guess, this brewery posted a picture on their social media of them dumping like a ton of blueberry and black currant into this batch. Sure. They they should have done half as much. There was no subtlety in this. Yeah. It hits you over the head with a, a almost a cloying flavor of fruit. I don't know where the blueberry begins and the black currant begins. That's fine. Uh, if the blend is nice, but I'm agreeing with you, David, uh, completely uh, underwhelmed by Fresh Out of the Oven yeah. by uh, our, uh, who is this? Gun Hill. Gun, Gun Hill. Hill. Yeah, I was, I was, I was also underwhelmed. Um, but, you know, next we're going to talk about movies that we are anticipating, so hopefully we won't be underwhelmed by right. those. I anticipate are, a good conversation. And we are also going to open another beer when that happens. But we'll be right back.
And we're back. All right. Uh, getting back into the swing of things, thinking about uh, what's going to be coming out in 2020. Some of these films maybe even making the festival circuit um, or, or just having come through the festival circuit in the past few months. Um, but before we do that, we're going to be talking or we're going to be getting our glasses filled with this beer from... I'm. I'm not going to claim that I know how to pronounce this. This is uh, a beer from a uh, a Swedish brewery. It's called. It's spelled D U G G E S. I'm going to say Dugs, but I feel D- like Dugus. 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 That's nice. <laughs> so Kazakhstan not is that close. where they're yeah, no. not even close. Uh, yeah. uh, this is their Sunshine Orchard. It is a double India pale ale that oh. they say is from their Crush series. I've not had anything from any series of theirs at all. So and we're going international, which we don't yeah. do often. So, all right, crack it. We'll go ahead and get some beer in the glasses here. Sure. As we get ready to talk about films that we're anticipating, Joe, I know you have. A number that you have got a few. marked, yeah. I've got a few, and Carlos said he'd go last, but I kind of want to go round robin. So, uh, oh, you just want to go one after the other? No, I'm just going to tell you this is the category called big, big comedy sequels that I hope time between them and the original made good. Huh? There are three. Wait, what the fuck did you just? You'll say? You'll understand. Number one is coming to America. Okay. The notion yeah. that, that this team is getting together to... Uh, well, just c- c- hot off the heels of, uh, you know, Dolomite is my name, a, a much-loved film here on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like, to, I'd like to think that they're going to perform. That movie is so good mm-hmm. and holds up, I think, very, very well. Ghostbusters Afterlife, I don't consider the female Ghostbusters to like even be a thing that we would have ever talked about on the show mm, you're gonna you're gonna make some enemies with that one oh y'all are fans of this well no not here no i have I not seen, seen it. it no no, i'm sorry the ghostbuster sequel that came out with an all-female cast was not a good movie and if that makes you mad i'm sorry i didn't see well it, i can't no. you can't make me mad yet because i haven't seen it but okay but i will have to see it at some but now point. ivan reitman jason reitman are coming to uh you know the coming they're, to see they're if, bringing stranger if, things yeah into, i was gonna say the they had to cast finn wolfhard so, oh, that's good and then, I, I mean i have to say the trailer for that kind of made me a little bit sad again, but i, I but hope we'll they see. make it good we'll i see. hope they make it good and then number three of uh, this little tiny little category bill and ted face the music fuck yes i'm so august glad. is that coming out in 2020 august yeah. 21st All right. 2020 yeah. i didn't mention that ghostbusters is july 10th and coming to america is oh, December. what am i gonna do go to stuff or am i gonna see bill and ted going uh, i'm going to see bill and ted i can't can wait that's going to be fun that's <laughs> going I mean, to be you can fun do both i mean john wick i mean consider the careers yeah. yeah, and John Wick is said, okay, yeah, I'll do that dumb, dumb, dumb thing that got me started. Oh, but it was dumb in such a smart way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my first category that I'm talking about. That's your okay. first category. Yeah. I, I'll take the second category. Oh wow, um, my God, you guys have categories. I well, have no categories. I'm all, I'm making it up as I go. I okay. like our list um, episodes. All right. My first uh, category that I totally just made up off the top of my head because Joe had a category. Uh, is uh, Sundance films okay. that I'm anticipating, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'm hoping that I'll be able to see at some point. And for me, the biggest one, and it should be of no surprise to anybody who knows me personally, maybe if you listen to this podcast, you haven't caught on to this yet, but it is The Nowhere In. It is a film directed by Bill Benz, starring Carrie Brownstein and 
the one, the only, our Lord and Savior, Annie Clark, a.k.a. Shia LaBeouf, a.k.a. St. Vincent. Um, This uh, Thrillist has an article about, you know, some of the best Sundance movies from this most recent round in 2020, and it said, why it's worth seeing. This collaboration between Annie Clark, a.k.a. musician St. Vincent, and Carrie Brownstein is about a collaboration between Annie Clark and Carrie Brownstein. (laughs) Hmm. but uh it gets more twitty from there this meta movie attempts to deconstruct the very idea of a uh, uh a sycophantic celebrity music documentary uh the lightly fictionalized carrie sets out to make a doc about her friend saint vincent the lightly fictionalized annie but trouble begins when annie is just well not that interesting off stage so this is a movie that takes who in my opinion is one of the most interesting artists of our time annie clark mm. and tries to tell us that when she is not on stage as St. Vincent, she is a dull, boring human being. And that sounds funny to me. Huh. And also, I fucking love Annie Clark so much. Like, she's probably well, one of... I love Carrie Brownstein. This yeah. is... I, I mean... I do, I, I do love now, them I'm wondering, I do love was this both. shot simultaneously while they were making that Slater-Kinney album together? I... Slater-Kinney? I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I do love Carrie Brownstein, too. I love Sleater Kinney. I love mm-hmm. Portlandia. But Annie Clark truly is probably in, like, my top five, oh. like, living guitar players. I, I love her. I got, I got to like, see her live, finally, a couple years ago, and it was I got to see, truly like, revelatory. I got to see, like, three songs at ACL yeah. uh, when she was touring her self-titled album. Fantastic. Love her yeah. so much. Really, well, really cool. want to see this movie. Well, I'll, I'll branch off that. I had a Sundance film that I'm excited about. Actually, a couple. But um, one for sure that I'm most excited about is Kajillionaire. This is um, huh. a film from Maj- Miranda July who made oh, me and yeah, you and yeah. everyone we know way back in the 2000s. She also made some experimental shorts before then. She's an author as well. Yeah, she made a film called The Future that was maybe a little less well-regarded than me and you and everyone we know, but I just love her. She has such a weird, quirky sensibility, um, but also almost always elements of humor in there. This one has uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Gina Rodriguez, Deborah Winger, um, and Richard Jenkins, I believe. And I like all I know is that it's somehow kind of the story of this, uh, some kind of like grifter character. And I'm, I'm in for it. Miranda July, whatever she's doing, I'm glad she's made another feature film. I can't wait to, uh, to see what's going on there. Um, the, the other one that um, I had heard about was this film, The Night House, uh, and this one has, um, it's, it's sort of a mysterious kind of horror film uh, about a, uh, a remote lakeside home. There's a lonely widow. Uh, Rebecca Hall plays that widow, I believe. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. It's been getting some good buzz out of Sundance. And uh, th- those are a couple that I'm... I'm kind of getting excited about. I'll throw there. two at you. They're not in my top five, but okay. But my I, the rest of this is a director's list. All right, there's a bunch oh, of Joe, great directors, directors list. list. <laughs> there's a bunch of great oh, directors. No. So I'm gonna throw out you the new Spike Lee joint. It's on Netflix. They don't have a date for it yet. It's called The Five Bloods. Four African American Vietnam War vets return to Vietnam to search for the remains of their killed in action squad leader with the promise of finding buried treasure. Mm-hmm. I liked Black okay. Klansman so much. Mm-hmm. I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I uh, And then 
you know, Spike Lee won the Academy Award for mm-hmm. the uh, screenplay. I think he's got so much to prove this late in his career without some, I think, he thinks of the industry kind of, you know, recognition. Yeah. I, I think this movie's going to be really good. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And then um, I'll turn it back over to you, Carlos, after I mention one more. This is called Mandy. comes out February 28th, just a couple weeks from now, <laughs> by uh, Ben Zeeland. Oh, yeah. Who, this is his long gestating follow-up to his 2012 fantasy drama Beasts of the Southern Wild. Zeitlin, I think. Which, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. Which, if you hadn't seen, if you haven't seen Beasts of the Southern Wild, rent Never it now. Never even heard of it. Um... It's a retelling of the Peter Pan story with Wendy being oh. the... Uh, Wait, you said Mandy. Did I say Mandy? Yeah, it says Mandy on there. Sorry. But is it called Wendy? It's oh, Wendy. It's Wendy. Okay, yeah. Wendy. Mandy like, is a different... Mandy that's a horror a film. Movie yeah. that's amazing. Well, it's, yeah, completely it's different. It's about the Dave Thomas uh, yeah. food chain. Right, right, right. That, yeah. <laughs> but that's told through a uh, youthful eye. No, I... Did I say Mandy? It was this is Wendy. a good one. It's, it's Wendy. You wrote Wendy. Mandy. Wendy. Sorry, I fucked up. Um, uh, Wendy is uh, a retelling of the Peter Pan story. Wendy Darling, of course, the female. It's uh, a Rosencrantz's Gildan and Gildensterner dead looking forward to those. Situation. Looking forward to those two, but not in my top five. Okay. Wow, Teasing the top, top five. five. Um, I don't have a top five, but uh, to branch off of your comedy thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a sequel it's a remake a live action remake and I know I'm going to catch some flag for this and I already have I think the Mulan remake looks good I think it looks really good hmm. and I there are people in my house that want to go see the Mulan I remake think I think I'm going that is going to be a fun and interesting take on that story uh, I'm not saying it's going to be one of my favorite films of the year. I'm not saying that I think it's going to be some revelatory piece of cinema, mm-hmm. but I do think that of all of the live action remakes of animated films that Disney has done, this one looks to be the most interesting to me. Huh. And also we'll piggyback off of Joe shit with this director thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this movie's going to be good or not. I don't know what the fuck it's about. But Christopher Nolan has a new movie coming out called Tenet. That's right. And I guess I'm going to go see it. Yep. I don't fucking know. Well, Robert like, Pattinson's in it, yeah. right? And so is. is John David Washington. He's in and, my... It's, and, it's on my list. It's on my top five list. And so look, he uh, when Dunkirk came out, I saw the trailer for that and I was like, this is a Christopher Nolan movie. I am contractually obligated to be excited right. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, at least the first half of his career. Um... And I, he hasn't really made a bad movie. I can't say that he has. But um, when Dun- the Dunkirk trailer, I was like, ah, okay, whatever, another war movie. I don't give a shit. Went and saw it. Damn, it's good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this one, even the fucking Vulture article about it says, Christopher Nolan's latest blah, 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 blah. Needless to say, we still have no idea what yeah, it's about. We have no idea what but it's about. But it looks to be a globe-hopping thriller in the vein of Inception, which is the vibe I got as well. So yeah. that's good, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel that. exactly the same after having seen all of the different teasers for this that I have. I don't know what it's about. No idea. Yeah. There's some weird time element to it, clearly, from this most recent kind mm-hmm. of more fleshed-out trailer. But I don't know, man. Like doesn't he's matter. made some good matter. stuff before. You I'll like go see the director. It, I guess. You know, I'm like, very proud of you, Carlos. Right. Embrace just, the I director. Just, film. I just don't know what's going on. Embrace the and director. And I'm afraid film. that it's not. He's gonna. I don't know. No, but I, I like everything he's done. I can't say that I don't. That's July 17th. Mm-hmm. So uh, w- one that I'm excited about here, uh, and I have a feeling this could end up on Joe's top five. 
uh, is I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the Charlie Kaufman film uh, that's coming through Netflix at some point this year. Did not know about that. Oh, okay. Y'all are working through my list. That's number so, four on mine. Yeah, th- this is, you know, Kaufman is easily get one of my favorites. And I know Carlos <laughs> loved Anomalisa so much. I did. That uh, no, Ethan's the one that hated it. Oh, okay, all was, right. That, that's right. That's okay, what I was yeah, gonna yeah, say. Yeah. Is let's give a call back to like episode yeah, well, six, substandard <laughs> puppet sex. Is the name of it. Ethan hated that. We'll have to invite him back on the podcast when we do. Yeah, this I one. really hope so because that um, would be so funny. But you know, I don't. I haven't read the novel it's based on. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it uh, it was celebrated at the time back in 2016 when that came out, but. Anything that Charlie Kaufman yeah. does, I'm down for. Jesse Plemons being involved is a bonus. I love him. He, he's been in some great stuff over the past few years. So uh, very much looking forward to, uh, to, to that one. I'm going with uh, Mank. This is a new David Fincher film, also on Netflix. Okay. No date given. But listen to this storyline. Mank is Fincher tackling the story of the writing of Citizen Kane. Okay. So I think we know what our companion film is going to be. Mm-hmm. The film, which was shot in black and white, chronicles how Herman J. Mankiewicz, played by Gary Oldman, battled with Orson mm. Welles, Tom Burke, over credit for the screenplay. Mm. Uh, Fincher's directing a script that was originally written by his own father. So mm-hmm. you've got some rely. You've got some relationship with the material. You've got a classic Hollywood story being retold by mm-hmm. one of the most exceptional directors who doesn't make a film very often. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Um, I don't know that I'm excited about any of these necessarily, but I think that they're worth mentioning. This one I kind of am excited about. Uh, it seems like on April 3rd we're supposed to get the new the new Mutants movie, yeah. which has been teased for quite a long time the only reason that i feel this is worth mentioning is because i've said before that logan is the best marvel movie that's ever been made and that's like an x-men property and i think some of the strongest ones have been x-men properties as far as like actual compelling store compelling storytelling and things like that and so the fact that they're making an x-men movie that has like a horror film kind of spin on it i think is interesting and is better than this like cookie cutter marvel studios bullshit that they've been giving us um, so even though I don't know or necessarily expect to like it, I do think it's interesting and it's worth noting. It's also worth noting that they're finally, after fucking 11 years, giving Scarlett Johansson a Black Widow solo movie. People have been screaming about it for like three years now. We're getting a new Scooby-Doo movie. Um, lots of controversy surrounding that one. Oh, yeah. That, because well, that, of the omission of Matthew animated, Lillard. Right? Yeah, but there was when the it was first announced and there was some first kind of like cast stuff released. The uh-huh. internet revolted over the lack of Matthew Lillard voicing As the Shaggy. Voice of Shaggy. Uh, Will Forte is doing it instead. Oh, really? I um, thought they were going to resurrect Casey Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Matthew Lillard's still alive. He's fucking hey, now Shaggy. Now that he's in the ground, point. let's let him rest in peace. <laughs> I, his family wouldn't. Ooh. That's that. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was a terrible death. You We're saying that like Casey Kasem. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh yeah, I mean, no, was, I, I remember him dying. His wife and his the kids. They oh yeah, it was a they big were, family oh, battle. And his body couldn't go in the ground. Bad stuff. All right, what you got? Let's <laughs> get. Well, I'm looking forward to the Casey Kasem biopic. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> the sequel. Actually, fucked I'm, up. John Lovitz is playing him. Oh, nice. I'm yeah, no, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, no, um, I think you know there, there's a there's a few that I'm interested in. Memoria from, and I'm. I've never been able to pronounce his name. I, 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 Epicatpong 
Wirasathical. Um, he is a Thai filmmaker. Um, his most notable film probably from the past, Uncle Boon Me, who could recall his past lives. Um, he He's sort of been a darling of the art film circuit um, globally. But um, this, this film, Memoria, that's coming out this year, it's uh, been getting a lot of buzz about um, it being a little bit more, I think, uh, accessible. And I think it's already been picked up by Neon, the mm-hmm. the group, uh, you know, co-owned or owned by uh, Alamo. Yeah. That's So it's certainly likely to come here. And I'm hoping to get to see one of his films on the big screen properly here. So that's one that uh, stands out for me as being really noteworthy. Uh, another one that I'm really excited about for, for various reasons, Annette, uh, is being made by Amazon, but I'm hoping is going to get a theatrical release. And this is from the French filmmaker, Leo Carax, um, who made the film Holy Motors. That was probably yeah. his most notable film yeah. before this. Mm-hmm. But this has Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, yeah. and it's a musical. Right. And it was... <laughs> Wait, after yeah, 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 Adam Driver's karaoke being scene alive in Marriage Story, yeah. he's going to be in a musical. He sure is. Right. Best performance of 2020. Right. Of 2019, 2019. But, but even oh, on top of that, the music was composed by the band Sparks, which okay. is... Wonderful, and they seem to be having yeah no great band, and they seem to be having a big year this year where they're releasing another album in addition to this and touring and all this stuff. So I think good for them. That's one that I'm really excited. Cool, I got two more, and then one more Uh, on the it is a Sofia Coppola and a Wes Anderson year, guys. We're gonna get both of them. Are we with a new release Mm -hmm. on the rocks coming out on Apple TV Plus? So I have to come over to one of y'all's houses to watch that. I'm not getting this. Who has that? I don't know. And then, um, guys, Pirate that one. Wes Anderson, uh, The French Dispatch. The whole yeah. crew is back. I think that he's added some cast members. Uh, and I'm, I'm super excited. It's very, very cloaked in secrecy. All I know is that it was shot largely in France and is a celebration of journalism centered on an English-language newspaper, American newspaper, that reports the latest from France. And what, what's some of the cast in that one? Do you oh, remember? Uh, Bill Murray's going to be in it. Okay. <laughs> Re- yeah, th- he has to be. No, I think Con- that uh, Timothy Chalamet obligated. is in it. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, Social Saoirse Warshen, Ronan. Yeah, her. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, yeah her. And, uh, um, um, oh, fuck. Now I'm working. Uh, Kate Blanchett. No, I'm not sure Edward Swinton. Norton. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Willem Dafoe. Jeff Goldblum. The old wiki himself. Oh, the old movie. wiki. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, All right. And, and, yeah. and I got one more. Whenever y'all get done, I got one more. Okay. To, I'm getting. To, to, to I'm getting. Fun. I'm getting pretty close to the end too. Um, Friday, May twenty second, big day, big huge day, Fast Nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fast Nine is coming. You know, it's it's tough to uh, lobby for any of these movies at this point, but. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 looks good. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. It, it looks good. That'll be good. If Patty Jenkins is doing it, which she is, and we're not letting what's his dick fuck it up, um, Zack Snyder. There we go. That's yeah. Um, That's his dick. Uh, I've I've got hope for it. I think it's nice. going to be good. Uh, the trailer looks great. It's got that great uh, song in it, Blue Monday. I mean. Really given given us the '80s vibes. Yeah, uh, no, that I'm excited that trailer's that. fun. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to that. If Wonder I'm Woman was to a DC highlight. Yeah, um, 
yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else that, that I'm uh, terribly attached to. I am curious. There's this film, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, uh, that that's supposed to come actually pretty soon. I think it's coming in mid-March. And this is from a filmmaker, Eliza Hitman, who I've been hearing good things about, and I've yet to watch one of her films. She's had a couple features before this, one called Beach Rats, uh, the other one called It Felt Like Love. And uh, it, it just sounds like kind of a great little indie film, intimate, small, uh, you know, about this, uh, you know, d- teenage cousins uh, traveling, kind of a road film in, in a certain sense, um, looking to get an abortion. So it, it'll be probably a little bit heavier of a film, but also kind of it sounds like small and intimate in a certain way that uh, I'm looking forward to. So you've got plenty of Marvel in 2020 coming up. Plenty of God, DC. Way too much Marvel. Uh, Steven Spielberg musicals coming up. Oh yeah, wait, West what? Side Story. Yeah. Two. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Back That's up. end of the year. He's That's directing that. Yeah, yeah, directed. Two Pixar God. films. That's such. Oh right. That's such Soul fucking low hanging fruit uh, for him. James Why is he Bond. Doing that? Fast and the Furious, Carlos. Top Gun is coming. A Sopranos prequel. Michael Myers is coming back. You guys really triggered me on that fucking... Godzilla vs. Kong, guys. That looks good, too, yeah. All right, but uh, I needed to pick pick a superhero movie because, like Carlos, I don't want to be averse. I don't want to be overtly negative of any one thing. So my most anticipated film, I'm just hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. The most anticipated No, 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 no. Superhero film. Thank you. okay. Venom 2. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I love Venom. It's my favorite Did you villain. see the first one? Yes, I did. And you liked it? No, I didn't. Okay. I'm oh. anticipating that they got it right, Carlos. I hope that they get wow. it right, Venom 2. Thomas oh. Hardy is back, so we'll see what happens. Okay. I still there's a lot of really good films coming out in 2020. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff coming. There's a lot of bullshit, too. There's a lot of bullshit, too, and that's our job, is to separate the wheat from the chaff. Folks, Man, keep listening. I, honestly, we will wade through it 2020 is going to be a fantastic year. I am so disappointed in this West Side Story bullshit. I really saw some pretty pictures no idea online. that... Oh my god! Anyway, um, let's, let's I, wrap I, it up. I definitely um, Escape Room Two is coming out. Yep, excited for that. I yeah, had a, a lot, lot of fun horror. watching Escape Room the first god, one. I never but saw. But I think I probably my most anticipated film, and it's probably because Many I've been listening to uh, a lot of In Myers We Trust with uh, Guyers and Rust uh, is Halloween Kills. Yeah. I I thought that that 2018 oh. one was okay, yeah, so yeah. was such a good like correcting of the course for what the sequels to the original were yeah um that i am very excited to see where they go with this where do they go halloween, jamie lee curtis in it yeah okay uh how there's halloween kills and then there's a third one uh that will that is like already happening nice and then i think they're ending it oh. or at least the david gordon green um uh fuck oh, i can't danny mcbride like yeah. collabo will and in the film after Halloween Kills. Well, the Brewers at Dugis. Why, why is he doing West Side Story? <laughs> Dugis. What, what, what do we decide? Uh, I Dougies? Dugis. Dugis. I, I like Dugis. The Brewers the at Dugis are eagerly huh? awaiting. That's the Discogs font, isn't it? Do you think that's on purpose? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It is. We're yeah. eagerly awaiting our take on Sunshine or- Orchard. I'm digging it. I, I, I like this. Good. Yeah, From Sweden. Nice it's a lot better like, than yeah. Spielberg doing West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't know yet. We haven't I'm seen so it. We haven't even seen a trailer yet. I'm so it can't mad. be worse than cats. I think no, well, all right, you, okay. maybe maybe instead of falling in love with Maria, he'll fall in love with E.T. That would be a nice twist. <laughs> that would be a good right? twist, yeah. That would be a good um, twist. I, I, or, I, I, or with the bright light from the spaceship. E.T. I want to... I'm... <laughs> I want to talk about this beer, y'all. Okay. For okay. real. Because uh, Wait, we th- didn't talk about it for real? When you think of a double IPA, when you think of the, 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 the country that's embraced the IPA and tried to make it its art form of its own, I think of the United States. Oh, okay. So the idea that Sweden yeah. is trying to tackle this is, right. is, is, is interesting at the, at, at the minimum. The ours. No, 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 no. Make no, you, you're, great again. It's not ours. I just I don't imagine that America's trying to... To conquer Trappist beer, you're gonna look elsewhere for that. Right, right. Okay. Well, the Swedes aren't known for beer, and they're not known for maybe the double IPA. I, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm digging this very, very much. Dang. I think Sunshine Orchard is one that you need to 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 seek out. I don't know what the Crush series is, but I want to learn. Yeah. So thank you, Dujus. Yeah. For 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 put for for putting this in my life. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm impressed. I, I'm I'm excited. To try more from them in the future, um, and I'm excited for 2020. What's coming? Omnipolo is uh, Swedish. All right. Everybody was dying to know. There we go. And yeah. I, well, thank you for. Um, have you gone to a uh, local film festival in your town or a film festival? Is there a film that town? needs to be on our radar? Yes, that. Uh, what are you most excited about in 2020? Obviously, Fast Nine. But other than that. Um, let us know on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. As always, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com is where you can find the link to listen to this episode, which you're already listening to, and all of our past episodes absolutely free. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribing helps you stay abreast about when all of our new episodes are dropping, which is every Wednesday. Please rate and review us. It helps us out a lot. Uh, leave a written review after that five-star rating. We know you're going to give us that five stars. But then write a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. That helps us a lot when we are programming future content, deciding what movies we're going to watch, etc. Um, but yeah, this, is, uh, this has been another good episode. Uh, a little bit off the beaten path for our normal uh, format, but a good time nonetheless. And until next time. And until next time. Sharks. Jets. <laughs> <laughs>